Hi, my name is Callie. And on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Sometimes I interview people who are smarter, wiser, just all around more fun than me. And sometimes I spill my heart out and mildly wonder if I'm laughing at my own jokes too much. But it all has one goal. Let's look back on seasons of life and share what we've learned. We wish someone had taken the time to tell us. Welcome to No One Told Me. Okay, I want you to think about the past six months of your life. Now think about how many times you have heard or read the word Enneagram. Chances are you have at least seen this somewhere at some time. So whether you have a vague knowledge of it or you've researched all there is to know about your number, the particular episode is for you. I feel like what's your number is our generation's version of what's your sign. I'm getting older. I'm walking into this drive, this need to learn more about myself. I just want to better understand the why behind how I handle relationships in different ways, how I respond strongly in specific situations, why others might just simply roll off. Up until we graduate college, I think our lives are kind of fixated. Like we'll know who we are fully and completely once we walk into this big purpose God has laid out for us. What if it takes some time to figure out that purpose? What do you do in the meantime? Or what if you feel like you're really doing what God has called and gifted you to do, but you still have a hole? feeling of incompleteness, a sense of searching, maybe. If you know Jesus, maybe you're asking him over and over for some lines to color in. But instead, you're still looking at a blank sheet of paper, wondering what you're missing. These seasons are inevitable. These seasons where you're in this holding pattern of waiting on what maybe you're not really that sure, or maybe you know exactly what it is. Waiting on a dream job, a husband, a community, a child. Gosh, so much of our lives is lived in this waiting. But I've learned that waiting isn't necessarily wondering aimlessly. Waiting is being willing to be still, be silent and simply listen. Because hope says there's more. Jesus, there's always more than what we're seeing on the surface. So if you're in a time of waiting, of growth, or if you're simply just trying to learn the pieces that make you, you, this is a good place to start. My friend Kaylee isn't necessarily an expert in the Enneagram, but she's the reason I even heard about it to begin with. And I've seen what a huge tool it has been in self-discovery in her own life over the past year. I know I'm just personally scratching the surface of what I can learn from it, and I've discovered an addiction to being needed along this process. Kaylee shares how the Enneagram has changed how she views her world, how she hardcore doubted my number. We talk about it all on No One Told Me What the Enneagram Actually Means. All right, today I'm here with uh, my friend Kaylee Hollingsworth. I would say maybe almost two years ago, two years ago in May, you sent me a text message. And all it was was a link. And you said, go take this test. Bam. And it is a forever long test. Yeah. But I did. And once I started it, I mean, I was committed. I think I was in a car and Ryan went into the store with the kids and I sat in the car to finish the test because (laughs) it took a big chunk of my life. But it was also extremely interesting to me. So we take the test and it comes back with this number two. And I didn't know what any of this meant. And then you started unpacking when you got back from this trip, 
the whole Enneagram concept. So that is what we're going to jump into today. Not because we're experts, but because I don't think I know anyone who knows more about it and who has researched more and read more and listened to more than Kaylee. So that's why I brought her on here. And um, all I'm seeing on Instagram these days is posts about what number you are and how Mm. that impacts your life. So I want to take it a little bit deeper and learn more about it other than just, hey, here's a fun personality test. We're going to learn today about how that applies to our actual everyday life. So Kaylee, let's just start with how you got into it. What made you start looking into it? So that trip, um, it was a Memorial Day type girls trip. And I have a friend named Hannah who had just, I walked away from the dinner table one night for like five minutes and I come back and all these girls are talking about these numbers and they're like, you need to take the test, you need to take the test. And so they text it to me. I'm sitting at dinner, taking this test, get this number back. And Hannah is like walking us through what the Enneagram is, all the basics of it, this personality thing. And I am just like, the number I got, I'm an eight, wing nine. And the number I got was easy for me to figure out because you take strength finders and mm-hmm. some other stuff at work and you just kind of know, I knew who I was as far as like my basics of my personality. So that was an easy, like I wasn't confused, um, but it kind of set into motion this whole, like, what does it mean to be an eight? Um, what does the number mean? Um, what's the significance of that? How does it apply to my life? We just talked all weekend about it and I sent it to some coworkers because I was interested in knowing what their numbers were mm-hmm. and how, if they heard of it, if it meant anything to them and then how that could help us as a team work together. And some people bit Callie and a couple others really were interested and kind of figured out their number and got the ball rolling. And some of us bought some books and did some things, but just figured out that way. Hannah really like opened it up and walked me through it. And then since then, you know, whatever that a year and a half ago, just really has rocked my world. Mm -hmm. And even Hannah, I actually got to meet her and talk to her a little bit about the Enneagram. And she was saying she runs her own business. She said, my goal is I want one of every number on Mm -hmm. this team. Like I want to have a one through a nine on this team because she understands it so well that she knows how these players are going to interact with each other. And that I think is a bigger asset than I realized Mm -hmm. because it doesn't help just understand yourself, but you understand other people and what's going to trigger what's going to bring them joy, what's going to make them feel valued, all of that. So even as a boss, yeah, um, that is incredibly smart. But that's how it impacted her personally. How about you? Once you were looking more into it, how did it start speaking into your life as a whole? I first took it inwardly. So, okay, you're an eight. You're a challenger. You are these things typically. Um, what does that mean for me? Okay, I know all of the basic stuff, but you start getting into your core motivations, your childhood wound, some people call it your um, sin struggle. It has all of these facets. And just getting into that for me was opening my eyes to some level of self-awareness that I didn't have. And I thought Mm -hmm. I was pretty Mm -hmm. self-aware at the time. But since then, just why do I do the things that I do? Why do I say the things I say? How do people receive me? whether that's work or relationships, family, whatever, how am I coming across? Um, And even just knowing my number without knowing anyone else's number, what am I putting out there Mm -hmm. um, in the world as an eight? And then even then spiritually, so, okay, I'm an eight. Well, what's the sucky side of being an eight? Well, all of these things, your anger, you stomp on people, you push your way through things, you don't wait, you aren't patient, whatever. All of those things, how do they apply to my spiritual relationship with Jesus and Um, What can I do to better that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. So it's taken, honestly, I'm not even, I still feel like I'm such a beginner to the Enneagram, but the whole year and a half has really opened up my eyes to my own dark side. Mm -hmm. And so what do I do with that? That's pretty much where I'm at right now. How do I turn that around 
to um, redemption, restoration, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. What were some examples of uh, your eightness where you were like, some podcasts that I listened to, they said your first step is self-observation. Like mm-hmm. notice your own patterns. Mm-hmm. You get your number. That's great. It's kind of exciting at first and you see yourself in it. But then, like you just said, turn inward and look at where these patterns are showing up in your life. What patterns did you notice in your life as an eight? Yeah. So one of the main things about an eight that at first I was like, that's not me, is that an eight's energy is felt in the room like instantly. And I was like, ah, that's not my personality. Like I'm not the life of the party. And that's not what it meant. Mm -hmm. It meant really like whatever mood I'm in can change the room's mood. Mm -hmm. And the mood is almost always angry. (laughs) And so I'm just really super positive, bringing positive vibes to every situation. So that was one of the big things. And just really that theme of anger and eight is a very outwardly anger, angry person. And that's your like go to emotion. Mm -hmm. So when I'm hurt, Mm -hmm. I'm angry. If Mm -hmm. I'm sad, I'm angry. Like I want to fight my way out of everything. And that also translates into, okay, at work, I want to push my thing through whatever my thing is. And we could be a team thing. You'd be a Kaylee thing, but like I want to push it through and I don't Mm -hmm. care who I step on in the way. We're getting this done because this is the way it needs to be done. And also that I'm right. I'm always right. It's (laughs) my way is right. So we're going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing for me that first year was eights view any type of vulnerability as weakness. Mm -hmm. And I knew that about myself. I could count, this is two years ago, noted, but I could count on two hands the number of times I've cried, Mm -hmm. like in front of people, even Mm -hmm. like family cried. And so it opened up this door to, well, why is that? It's not just because I'm tough. Like, mm-hmm. it's because I think tears are weak mm-hmm. and I want to be seen as strong. And so that also translates into, well, I love CrossFit. I love weightlifting. Why? Because I can be strong. Um, how strong can I get? How tough can I be? And so learning about those things has turned me into a crier now. <laughs> so anyways, this last year I've wanted to cry more than I ever have in my mm-hmm. entire life. So it just mm-hmm. kind of opened up doors to me that I was building these walls up and it wasn't a tough, positive thing. It's like people want to know you, be known by you, and vulnerability isn't weakness. It's mm-hmm. strength. But I have to tell myself that like mm-hmm. every day. So we are going to break down each number. But before we do that, for someone who is just beginning with the Enneagram, like how can they take their next steps in applying it? Kind of like you did. You found out what your number was and you saw some of these patterns and you started taking steps. What can they do? What's a good first or second step to take? I would say first, um, and not everyone says this first, I would take the little test. So the test is exploreyourtype.com. It's simple link. It's like 40, 50 questions. You can do it on your phone. It's Ian Cron's test, his website. And I would do that first so you can get an idea of what number you might be. Um, Don't take it a ton of times. You kind of start to get a little convoluted. But Mm -hmm. take it once or twice, get your number, and then go to the book. So um, the book I always suggest is Road Back to You. It's Ian Cron's book. It's very easy read Mm -hmm. and super simple. Read all the chapters. Go in order. Don't just go to your number. Go in order. And Mm -hmm. the one that sticks out to you in in a comfortable sort of way, like, yeah, it should feel like, okay, that feels like me. But the darker stuff, it should kind of make you feel like, ugh. Squirm a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. And now everyone knows it. That's Mm -hmm. the feeling you should get when you find your number. But I would say read, read, read. So don't just read that. But if you're just starting, Ian Cron is a good place to start. He also has a podcast. Yeah. So Typology is Mm -hmm. his podcast. We listen to that so much around the office and my mom and people who are just getting into it. He helps people walk through what their number is. And so as you're listening to a number that you think you are, it should kind of fit and give you some kind of encouragement that that is your number. But definitely read, 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 take a quiz. You can take the paid quizzes. I know people who have, but if you're coming across your number pretty easy, you don't have to do that. But definitely take a quiz, read some books, podcasts, 
start there Mm -hmm. and then talk about it. So I've walked several people through it in the office um, who are interested in it. Mm -hmm. We just sit down and we'll just go through one of my books or two of my books and we'll just kind of figure out where they think they lie and then they go home and think about it. Mm -hmm. So for people who are listening right now and they literally have no idea what the Enneagram is, like they've heard it said, they've heard people talk about it, they've heard, I'm a seven, I'm an eight, and they kind of vaguely have an understanding that it's a test of some sort. Can you uh, share a little bit about what it is? Just for those that we've, we jumped kind of straight into it, but I want to back up a little bit and tell people kind of the basics of it. Basically, Enneagram is a teaching that there are nine personality types in the world. Um, So each one of us has one of those, and we naturally gravitate towards that. And typically, the thought is you adopt it in childhood to cope with the world, with how you feel safe in the world. So it's a tool to answer questions like, who am I? Why am I here? Why do I do what I do? Um, So it's a typology is a word that we'll use a lot about it in the name of that podcast. So there's nine different characters or personality traits. A quote that I really liked that I wanted to share is from one of my favorite books. It's Sacred Enneagram. Um, I don't have it because I've been loaning it out to everyone, (laughs) but it's a tool that is forcing many of us to a brutal and converting honesty about good and evil and the ways we hide ourselves from and therefore hide from God. So it's this tool that, okay, I am this personality type. How do I relate to myself and how can I relate to God through that? And so, like I said, a couple of ways that it works is to find your type first. So what number are you? Take the quiz, read the book. Um, It's a really big um, step in self-awareness. So if you kind of have a little bit of that already, you know, you've done some Myers-Briggs, some other stuff, it should be semi-easy to get a feel for what your number might be. A word of caution I always say about the Enneagram is... It's only going to be there for you when you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I tried to send that link out to all my friends and some picked up and some didn't. And that's okay. You just kind of have to be ready for it. If you're not ready to dive into it when you take it the first time, that's fine. Um, but it'll come back to you when it's time for you to kind of really explore it. I don't mean that in a magical way. Mm-hmm. But just if you have some space in your life to dig in, do it. Um, if you don't, that's okay. Wait. But I know people who I sent that out May two years ago two people maybe really got into it. And since then I've had conversations with people who are now like, okay, you said I was a five back Mm -hmm. then. What does that mean now? Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely just be patient. And it's not an exact science. So you can mistype. I have friends who thought they were threes and now they're ones or, you know, I've walked through with one friend who had no idea and Mm -hmm. we finally settled on something for her. But um, you can mistype. You can have elements of each number. It's not an exact like, okay, I'm a one. So I'm always a perfectionist. I'm always Mm -hmm. organized and whatever it is. Not always true. Everyone's different, but there should be a core type that everyone has that you see the world through. Is there a number that you wish you were? Like you look at the numbers, you've read through them all, you kind of have a basic understanding of each. Do you wish you were one of the numbers? Well, as an eight, I love that I'm an eight, (laughs) but only in that like, it's really bad, A, to be an eight. And if you are an eight, you're like, yeah, I'm strong. I'm an eight. Get out of my way. But I do... Nine is the number that like I wish I was more of. Mm-hmm. Nine is like super holistic and super spiritual, and those people are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Whatever, fine. Yeah. I do a little bit. I'm a nine wing, but I wish I had a little bit more mm-hmm. nine. So now that we've kind of said what you are, what you lean toward, let's break down each type. So we have a variation of listeners, and some, like I said, don't even know what it is. So I think it would be good for everyone to hear what the types are. And let's ask this question for each type as we go through of how would they do a New Year's resolution? Mm. You know, we're just jumping into the new year. How would they take on and define a New Year's resolutions for themselves as whatever number they I love are. That. So let's start with one, which is a perfectionist is how it is kind of termed. What's a one like? 
So ones are in the anger triad as well, and I'll explain that a little bit more, but um, they struggle with anger, but it's more so turned inward, a little bit more resentment than it is towards anything else. But they have a hard time believing that they are good and worthy. Ones have this, and I don't know what this is like, and I really feel bad for a one, but they have an inner critic inside that finds fault in everything they do. So uh-huh. these are the people that are getting torn apart by themselves. Um, they're very judging. They're comparing. They usually give their best and do their best, but they expect the same from others. So a lot of ones are super inward and resentment and some put it out on you too. Mm-hmm. So they might have a moment of unhealth where, well, I'm perfect and you need to be perfect. So get it together. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a one in a nutshell. A couple of the leaders that we know are ones. Mm-hmm. Is that common for leaders to be ones? I think so because you're going to climb in leadership as you you know get better at your craft. Mm-hmm. So if you're really good at something and you you demand excellence. We honor that in people. Mm-hmm. And so we find our leaders are like that. Yeah. How would a one develop a New Year's resolution? This is super stereotypical. So I know some ones who are listening right now are going to roll their eyes, but <laughs> a type one would probably set a goal really perfectly. Like if you've heard of smart goals, they're going to follow each of those and they're going to have a measure and a trick for everyone. So mm-hmm. they're going to have those goals, some typed up, printed out, whatever, some just in their mind, but specific goals. Will they accomplish them by February? Oh no, that's that's later. <laughs> they might not. They yeah. might beat themselves up over that for a while. Yeah. Okay. Number two, um, which is what I am, mm-hmm. which is a helper. And I remember, let's talk about it, but then when I told you I was a two, you didn't believe it mm-hmm. initially. So what is a two first? So a two is a helper or a giver. The main thing for a two, they need to be needed. That's the foundation. Then they give a lot. So sometimes for good reasons, sometimes it's in order to receive something in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always a conscious thing. But they typically ask, how are you doing? What do you need? How can I help? The motivation is to build relationships by sensing and meeting needs. So mm-hmm. these people, they are your go and do and be for everyone else but me. That's mm-hmm. kind of what a two is. I didn't like it at first because it sounds too selfless. Yeah. Because it's not. I do and genuinely love to help people. And one of my sign off that I use almost in every text message is, well, just let me know how I can help. Yeah. Let me know what I can do for you. Let me know, you know, like make sure that I am available and can do whatever. I even looked at, I was listening to one podcast and they said, look at your emojis Mm. and it will kind of speak to your number. (laughs) And I went to my most used emojis and it's the smiley face with the hands. Yeah. Like it's okay. Everything's Everything's all right. We're doing good. Because a part of being a helper, uh, as I've read about it is you feel the room. Mm -hmm. Like you want everyone to feel okay. You want everyone to feel good and happy and you will go over the top to make sure that everyone is feeling good about whatever's going on. I mean, yes. even with this podcast, mm-hmm. before we released every single episode, you're probably one of the people I text. And I'm like, I don't think they're going to like this one. Yeah. I don't think they're going to hear it. I don't think it's going to help anybody. I think it's going to be useless. Mm-hmm. So I just, I see it's not a selfless thing so much as it is a validation Yeah, thing. I need you to see me doing this because yes. that means you need me. Mm-hmm. That means I'm valued. And that's kind of the shadows yeah, of it. Like one of the biggest side. shadows, I was even talking to Ryan about this I mean, over Christmas break where I said the thing that I hate about it is I'm addicted to being needed. Mm -hmm. Like I am defined 100% by who has needed me that day. And if I feel like I have done something well that day, 
it's because someone has needed me and I've helped someone in mm-hmm. some way. And that's not a self, I even, I almost don't want to say it because it sounds like, oh, I just love helping people yeah. and I want to be there for you. And I do, mm-hmm. but it also, do you remember that episode of Friends <laughs> where Joey says to Phoebe, you can't do anything nice for anyone because it's yes. always something good for you. Yes. Like you're always feeling better you feel about yourself about because you did something nice for somebody. And she was like, that's not true. We can do selfless things all the time. And she keeps trying and mm-hmm. trying. And the payoff always was she felt better. Yeah. Dang like, it. Yes. <laughs> I she feel got, good. <laughs> she got so angry. Yeah. That is literally this like, I don't even know how to get out of it. I'm in the um, mm. observation phase of it right now yeah. and seeing these patterns in my life that I do this. But it is almost frustrating to mm. me that I don't want to be needed I don't want to love being needed as much as I love it. Right. But I do. So it's even, we were talking before that we started this episode. It has shown up in work for us Mm. several times. You talked about how one of your wings when you're healthy is a peacekeeper. Yeah, as a nine. As a nine. Mm -hmm. And we were in a meeting one day and things were starting to get heated between two people. And I spoke in and started tried to de-escalate mm-hmm. the situation, and you did too. And we were talking about how that played out. And I was doing it because I needed everyone in the room to feel okay. Mm-hmm. Like I needed everyone to be happy that they were there yep. and like excited to be a part of a team and everything else. But you were more concerned about the person it was happening with. Yeah. And I think even that speaks to the numbers yeah. or the Enneagram and how you handle specific situations. Yeah. Yes. We can talk more about the helper and how that's played into my life and the lives of those around me um, after we go through all the numbers. But number three is a performer or achiever. What does oh, that look like? We didn't say what your goals are. Oh, yes. Be. Yes. How does a two take <laughs> on New Year's resolutions? I'm very um, interested in this. Well, so you are going to set goals for everyone but yourself. Oh, well, yes. So, like, I need Brian to be this this year, or my Mm -hmm. mom, or Mm -hmm. whoever, but forget that you um, have some goals for yourself. But, yeah. That is true. So three. Threes are performers or achievers. These people are super common, I think, in America just because we have the American dream. We're chasing or climbing the ladder. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of grow people into threes. So you'll see a lot of these people in your life. But... They need to be and be seen as successful and effective. Mm-hmm. This is your workhorse. Um, they have trouble reading feelings of themselves and others. They hide their feelings until they're alone to deal with them. So these are goal setters, and they achieve their goals. They don't just set them and leave them. They're the ones knocking them out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're our motivators, and when they win, they win. They win big. Big, yeah. <laughs> If it's not big, they don't want it. This yeah. is your – you know who these people are in your life. They're climbing that ladder. They're checking things off, mm-hmm. and they're killing it. Um, you would never know anything's going on with them feelings-wise mm-hmm. just because that's not something they're ever going to access aside from being alone. But this is the one that they're going to set that goal for New Year's, and they're going to accomplish them all by February 1st oh, and be like, what's are. next? Yeah. yeah. These are those people. This was supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and four is – okay, I was a wig eight. When I'm unhealthy, and we'll explain what wings and everything are. I think when I'm healthy, I am a four. I think that's right. When you tap into your, you know, growth side, I believe that is true. About yeah, you. I um, think that's what it was. But it's number four is called romantics, which isn't. Once I read the description, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I don't love that word, but because you're an eight. Yeah, and I eights and fours <laughs> clash so hard. This is my least favorite number. Um, I love you fours, but like calm down. So fours, get a hold of yourself. So we romantics, don't need your feelings. Yeah, you're the feeler. I just want to call you like feels, uh, but they're the most complex number. So this is a 
a deep, heavy number. It's hard to type a four a lot, but their need is to be unique and authentic at the same time. So they want to be different and feel like that they are some sort of special way. They believe something is missing in their lives and they're not okay till they find it. This is that like constant chase of like, who am I? Mm. You know, what, (laughs) all that, whatever. I'm not trying to be mean about it. Um, But they actually enjoy melancholy and they get energy from tragic things. So these people are going to be loving those dark movies. And Mm. um, when they're sad, they're going to sit in that and they're going to feel it. And that's okay. That's what they like. But they're the only number on the Enneagram that can witness pain and not have to fix it. Mm. Um, Super deep. Um, people. A lot of artists are fours Mm -hmm. um, because they're super creative and they can feel all these spectrums of feelings that we we don't all tap into. But you don't have to be creative and an artist to be a four. You don't even have to be sad and Mm -hmm. depressed to be a four. Um, But typically, if if you are a four, you're going to dabble a lot with those deeper feelings just Mm -hmm. because that's who you are. How would they take on New Year's? So they're going to daydream about the goal (laughs) and all like the really cool stuff that could come from it, but they're not probably not going to do it. Um, But they're the big, like big picture Mm -hmm. imagination Mm -hmm. type person. All right, let's jump into five. Five is an observer or investigator. Yes. Fives are what I, I would change that word to computer. Um, Uh, (laughs) I know a lot of fives. My brother's a five. We have a coworker who's a five. And then five is my number in unhealth. But they want all the resources so they never have to depend on anyone else. So they're not as relational as some of these others. Mm -hmm. They are the most emotionally detached number. So they can have a feeling and let it go. And they manage this fear in their life by gathering information and knowledge. So they're going to be Googling the thing and Mm -hmm. researching in books and podcasting until the death of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But they also have a limited measured amount of energy for each day. So they're very selective in what they offer to who. And that's super relational for them. So it's not so much just energy as in I'm awake or asleep. It's people energy. Mm -hmm. But it's really brave for a five to show up in a relationship because it just costs them a lot more than any other number. Mm -hmm. Are they also the most critical number? Um, I feel like I've read that somewhere. they They can be. I think a one would fight for that title. That's true. But yeah, fives are, they're going to have all the information. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to shove it down your throat. But they'll just quietly. But probably because they're not think talking about, to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're just going to quietly think about all the things you're doing They don't want to deal with yes. you because yep. your relationship and you're messy and you have feelings. Yes. Fives are just super processing. So when I'm in unhealthy situations in my life, I can compartmentalize, which is a very five thing. So mm-hmm. my work is in this box. My relationships are in this box. And if I want to open it and feel that, I can for a minute and then I can close it right back. Um, And then also if I'm like navigating a deep, dark decision or something Mm -hmm. I need to do, I am researching like, where can I read this book? Who can tell me what? Mm -hmm. Where can I podcast or read an article? Mm -hmm. So that's a very five thing. The fives, how are they taking on their New Year's resolutions? Yep. So they're going to research their goal pretty hard. Like, how possible is it? Mm -hmm. What can I do? What can I be better about? And then they're going to read books. Reading books will be on their goal list. So we have a coworker named Brad, and he loves snakes and has no reason <laughs> why is, yeah. he loves snakes. He just likes to sit at home and watch videos of snakes. Sometimes. He just loves information about snakes. <laughs> so I would not be surprised if Brad got a snake book for Christmas and is going to read it to death this mm-hmm. year and just to learn about Several snakes. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the six, I don't know very many mm. sixes. We were talking about this um, before we started recording. They're the loyalists. Yeah, loyalist is a good word because – I think for me, that reminds me of their core is they're just very people oriented. They are tied into you, to your opinions and things. Mm -hmm. But also I think of anxiety when I think of a six, they usually have a high 
uh, anxiety level, but they need to feel secure and certain. But they have anxiety, like I said, about possible future events. So like worst case scenarios, hidden agendas of people. Um, and they manage anxiety with planning for those things, for having order, rules, laws. They don't want or need to be the star. They simply do their part and hope everyone else is playing along with that. Mm-hmm. But with their loyalty and steadfastness, they're the glue that holds together organizations that we're a part of. So they're concerned about the common good more than any number. Mm-hmm. So they are really our, our glue, our people in our lives that are on our teams that are, hey, what can I do for that? Or like, are we all cool on the same page for this? Or they're just yeah. that type of person. But they also have that side of, well, someone's going to break into my house tonight. Yeah. And what am I going to do about that? And <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what if, well, what if this terrible thing mm-hmm. happens? Like they're still also that. Um, but yeah, that's a six. What's their goal for the new year going to look like? So they're going to have a goal, and then they're going to ask everyone else what they think about it. So like, oh, I really want this late. What do you think? <laughs> oh, well, don't really care, Angela, but good for you. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, all right, number seven. I feel like I know a lot. I know a lot of twos, and I know a lot of seven enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. So sevens are like your party people. If you are typed as a seven, I feel like you found that out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But sevens take delight in the best possibilities. So they need to avoid pain and quickly reframe negatives into positives. So they fool themselves into believing they have this full range of emotions when, in fact, they live most of their lives on the happy side. Mm -hmm. Um, Life is to be experienced and enjoyed for a seven. Routine is no fun. They master denial. Um, They manage fear by just diffusing things. Mm -hmm. And they have a special way, though, of uplifting those around them. So sevens are your really fun people in your life that you just love to be around. Yeah. Um, you have an example mm. of a seven situation, which I didn't think about until after I started reading more about the Enneagram, but we were in a car. I think we we're going <clears throat> to a baby shower. Yeah, it was a baby shower. We're going to a baby shower and we were with Brooke, who has been on here several mm-hmm. times and she is the most seven of yeah. sevens If you that need to know, I know who a seven is, yes. it is Brooke. Like, Go back just- and listen. <laughs> Yeah, she is the most enthusiastic, cheerful, joyful person I think I know. Yeah, uh, but we were in the car, and you were just sharing some. I think I stuff. said like, and it wasn't even super deep because it was a mixed company. But I just said, yeah, like this week has been really hard. Like maybe I cried in my car or something, and without skipping a beat, Brooks in the back, and she's like. What y'all give her for this baby shower? And just like flipped it. And like I knew because I know Brooke and I know she's a seven and I luckily very self-aware of my side. I was just like, oh, that's Brooke just flipping it because she just doesn't want to get into the pain. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal. I just, it made me laugh later. It's just 100%. If you want to turn a a moment around while she will sit, she's a great listener. Mm -hmm. But if you need to get out of a pit, like mm-hmm. if you de- do, you know what I'm saying? Like yep. she'll hear your stories and she'll hear your pain and she will 100% empathize mm-hmm. with it, but she'll get you out of it. Yeah, she'll like, give you that that's silver lining. The great thing about the yeah. seven is that they won't leave you where you are mm-hmm. and they want to make, they want to spread their joys. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was a great example of uh, a it seven showing their colors. What is uh, a seven going to do for New Year's? So she'll set too many goals. And then she'll burn out by March 2nd. And but she'll probably set some more goals a little bit yeah. later in the year. Yeah. Which is so funny about Brooke because she'll change like diet things and, mm-hmm. you know, paleo and then keto and just do different things. She'll do the thing. Like oh, she she'll do go it. full on. But she'll change it up a little bit later. So that's kind of funny. I love it so much. Um, eight, eight. A challenger. You know the most about this one. Uh, I am an eight. I'm a challenger. That is the definition of my life. But eights are independent thinkers who tend to see things in extremes. So good, bad, black, white, right or wrong. Um, like I said earlier, anger is emotion of choice. Uh, it doesn't last super long. So they don't invite forthrightness from other people, but I 
I, they mm-hmm. want it, respect it. Mm-hmm. So the focus is outside of themselves, always um, for the underdog, which is something I really had to explore in myself. But super passionate people, they have more energy than any number, which was interesting mm-hmm. for me. But giving everything they have to what they are, um, what they're doing, what they believe in, and engaging with people who are willing to go all out with them. Mm-hmm. So an eight thing, um, the black and white thing is huge for me in my life. I see that. If I'm in it with you, I'm in it with you. Mm-hmm. And the second we're done, I'm out. If I'm making plans, I'm not super wishy-washy. We're doing it. We're not doing it. Just say when I'll be there or not. Like, just tell me which way. In relationships, obviously, like, I'm right, you're wrong. Like, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no gray. It's we're either in this relationship or we're out. Like, there's mm-hmm. no in-between for me and for eights, but the underdog part was cool. I don't stick up for people. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought that was me, but I do that. Yeah. Like I do that when people mm-hmm. are like getting picked on, even if I don't like that person, yeah. if I feel like they're everyone's out against them, then I might step in and be like, no, wait, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like this person has this great thing. And that's not what I would have picked in myself. But after reading more about fighting for the underdog and eights are super into social justice and equality and fairness. And I am very much that on different issues, which can sometimes make me annoying and super pushy. Like Mm -hmm. I really love like this for women and this for whoever, like that is me. But it took me a while to figure that part out. Mm -hmm. But how are you setting your uh, new year's resolutions? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if I will do this, but types eight set goals to like solve the world crisis. Like it's a big thing. It's not Mm -hmm. like I'm going to be on a diet. Like it's, how can we change racism in America? Like, it's huge. <laughs> but the but- thing is, is your personality, if you set one of these huge goals, like just a ginormous goal, the thing is, is that you would not let 2019 end without achieving yes. that goal. And you know, like, I would you, take some people off in the process. Yes. That's, that's like you would do, that's with anything that we've ever worked on together, any event we've ever done, there are times I want to just Mm-hmm. kick you in the head mm-hmm. because you're so set on doing it yeah. and making it happen. You don't care if you're the only one doing it. Nope. You're going to do it in this timeline because you want to yeah. ready by and this, this way. point mm-hmm. and it needs to be done this way and I'll show up and you will have done half the thing yep. already. And I'm like, I want to kill you because I'm a helper. you want to help me. I am a helper. Let you me can't. help you. <laughs> you cannot help me. It makes me so angry. Yes. But I've seen that. I know that whatever project you were given or – even for me personally, if there's a moment where I'm like, hey, I might need help with this, mm-hmm. you're 100% there with about 30 different ideas of how we yeah. can do it. And then it's not just, I'm going to give you ideas and let you figure it out. It's, okay, now I'm going to do yeah, it. Do you want to do, do this? Let's do this. How do you want to do this? Are we yeah. going to do this? Tell me yes or no. If we're not going to do it, it's I fine. hate, I cannot with the wishy-washy, like, yeah. we're thinking about, no, what is yeah. it? Yeah. Are we doing it now? <laughs> Great. Do you want to do it now <laughs> yeah. or later? Tell me a time. Like, you're going to tell me today? <laughs> I'm doing it today. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's me. All right. Nine, the peacemaker. I also don't know very many nines. I think yeah. I know one. If I think they might be kind of – are they the ones – you just say you're nine if you can't quite figure out what they are. I think nine is hard to type mm. because nines are – they encompass – all the numbers, really. So nine is like the top of the Enneagram graphic, whatever you want to look mm-hmm. at it. But they encompass all the numbers. They're the most like holistic thing. So I think it's hard to figure out you're a nine because you're reading all the numbers like, I'm a little bit of that or yeah. I'm a little bit of this. But they are the least complex, which is interesting. Fours are the most, they're the least. But mm-hmm. they also have the least energy of all types because they try to keep stuff inside that would cause conflict and keep out anything that would steal their like inner peace. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very stubborn. Uh, they manage anger by being passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. And you can be passive aggressive not be a nine but that's typically how they respond with their anger because they are also in the anger triad but they have the gift and the problem of seeing two sides to everything so they're prone to procrastination but also I've seen this in someone it seems like they don't know who they are Uh because they can't kind of settle just because they see all sides and they're Mm -hmm. not really sure Um, but they're also very self-forgetting so they set aside their own needs to merge with others Mm -hmm. so similar to a six 
they also very much want to know kind of where everyone else is at yeah. and see all the sides of the things. Yeah. Um, what are they going to do for New Year's resolutions? So they are going to probably ask what your goals are and then take them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but a nine, <laughs> Me too. I think of someone we work with who's a nine and just had a hard time finding out her number. And we were saying as we were like reading these things, like, I just don't know who I am or what I want. And you're asking these questions about inner anger and I've never seen anger in this mm-hmm. person. So, but she's coming back with, yes, like I am very angry inside. Yeah. I'm like, well, I think you're a nine because yeah. I've never that seen that. That is so true. Yeah. That you just don't see it. The, the nines that I know, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Like you don't ever see them angry when you have like a side conversation with them mm-hmm. and specifically push and poke and ask specific it's questions. Yeah. All of a sudden they're like, it's unbelievable. I hate it. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. Like, and they call these, this number like a really sleepy number because you would not see the anger. And, mm-hmm. and that's also, sleep is literally a way that they will hide mm-hmm. from their emotions and mm-hmm. things like Which is something that I also do when I'm sad. I'll just sleep it away. Yeah. Because if I'm asleep, it's not affecting me. So mm-hmm. I can see my nine wing in that side too. Mm-hmm. The triads. So you yes. you have mentioned triads several times. What are they and how do they play into knowing and learning more about who you are specifically as it comes to the Enneagram? Yes. So your triad should kind of help you narrow down what your number might be. Mm-hmm. There are heart, head, and gut. The heart and triad numbers are two, three, and four. So these are your feelers like I said, for the four, but also twos and threes are very feelings dominant. The head, so the thinkers, these are the fives, sixes, and sevens, um, very dominated by logic, knowledge. And then the last is the gut or anger, and that's mm-hmm. eight, nine, and one. So these people are dominated by doing, and their main emotion is very much anger. Mm-hmm. You said you learned a lot. Mm spiritually even about yeah. your relationship with Jesus, how you look at Jesus, how you uh, address your relationships with others. And specifically, what does each number, what's probably the, the sin that they yeah. will most likely struggle with the most? If you'll see the term sin or vice, each number has a general one. And it's not necessarily like you will um, do this. It kind of plays out in different ways in each number. But um, the sin of a one is anger. So they're going to act out in that anger a lot. Um, that's going to be their their falling point. For twos, it's pride. So where you see that, like, I'm helping you mm-hmm. for me, um, mm-hmm. that pride can play in. Three is deceit. This is because, um, and I didn't say this for threes, but they can put on different faces for different people to accomplish whatever it is they mm-hmm. want to accomplish. So the deceit side of that is tricking you into thinking I have it together, into being this person for this meeting instead of who I really am. Four is envy. So they're missing that piece and they see that you have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have the thing that I want, mm-hmm. even though it may not be the thing that they want. Five is avarice, which I forget what that means. Um, I think I it's just gaining knowledge yeah. and until, you know, you know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Six is fear. So that's that paranoia, falling prey into that fear of everything's going to be messy or wrong or Mm -hmm. I'm going to die every day. That super paralyzing fear. Yeah. Seven is gluttony and not necessarily food. Not just food, but just too much. Sucking out, yeah, Mm -hmm. everything. Like I want to have the most fun all the time in whatever way that is. For eight is lust. And I kind of had to explore that in my life. And that could mean for anyone, anyone who's an eight, just taking the most out of everything in that, like, I just want more of it. Like, if Mm -hmm. this is good, I want more of it. So if I'm angry, I want more anger. If I'm happy, I want more happiness. It's just kind of this extreme of everything Mm -hmm. could be lust. It could also be sexual. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to just be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And then nine is sloth. So like I said, they kind of are sleepy. They sleep away the things. They procrastinate. They um, hide their anger, their feelings. Mm -hmm. They just kind of sleep around. 
And not in that way. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Not in the way you think. Let me I know. Just said that. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Let's get some feedback on that. Anyone? <laughs> um, the wings. Mm-hmm. So I think my wings were, it's basically what you are when you're unhealthy. No, wait. Wing is the numbers on the opposite sides of your number. <gasps> yes, yeah. that's what it is. Okay. So what does that look like for most? So a wing can change. Yeah. Um, so if you're a two, your wing can either be a one or a three. Um, and that can change at different times in your life, just okay. depending. Um, but it's just a leaning. So like I said, I was an eight wing nine. Um, I lean into the nine, sometimes the peacemaking, the mm-hmm. sleepiness, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But that changes at different seasons. Um, but it is the numbers on the other sides of you. It just so kind my of wings bleeds. are what? So wh- which wing do you usually pick? Like if I said I'm a two wing. So that comes with reading. Yeah. For me, it did reading what the different wings were like. Because um, there's just a little bit of difference if you're an eight wing nine versus an eight wing seven. Mm-hmm. But like for you, I would guess, I don't know if you know what wing you are. No, I don't. I would guess you're a two wing three. Mm-hmm. Because not only do you help people and that's your like main thing, like that's what you're about. But I think you do it efficiently and you're very much about like doing things with excellence. So mm-hmm. I would guess that's what you are. I'm sure in times in your life you could have been or are now um, a leaning towards perfectionist stuff mm-hmm. too because those are kind of similar. But the perfectionist side of you would maybe be more I'm not good enough mm-hmm. worth type stuff. So mm-hmm. it just depends on where you're at. What number did you think I was before I took yes. it? So I, I thought, forgot about this question until just now. <laughs> I thought you were an eight yeah. because I'm an eight and I was like, we're very similar mm-hmm. and we like to push things through and get stuff done. But I, the difference was our motivations. Yeah. And I didn't know at the time what motivations were. Yeah. Um, but then also you go to an eight when you're stressed, Yes, which is what we'll talk about next. Which is but very true. So you do have eight sides of you and yeah. obviously we work together. So we see a lot of the stress sides mm-hmm. of our numbers. So mm-hmm. I saw a lot of eight in you and was like, oh, I don't understand why yeah. she's a two. She's not a two. Yeah. But like I said, stress and security are the other two and that's where you were going. Yeah. There are numbers that each number goes to in times of stress and security or growth and stress depends on what mm-hmm. you want a negative and a positive. Mm-hmm. So they're specific to each type of number. So if you are a eight, you always go to five in unhealth mm-hmm. and two in health. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time, every number is the same in that way. But oh, stress okay. is that you draw on this personality to take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. for me, I draw on a five to cope. So I need to compartmentalize because I can't handle it mm-hmm. by myself when I'm stressed. And security mm-hmm. is the feelings that um, you draw on this personality when you need to feel like safe. So mm-hmm. for me, a two, and that's also like when I'm feeling good. So mm-hmm. if I'm a, feeling good, I'm going to be more helpful than I probably normally am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take on the positive sides of it too. So mm-hmm. actually helping people, yeah. stepping into gear, that sort of thing. But it's so funny. And we laugh about this now that someone that we uh, work with, their stress numbers of four, mm-hmm. right? And so, and mine is an eight. Mm-hmm. And so when we get in this, like, um, the holiday season, yep. the events, anytime where we have a big thing coming, it's like clockwork that me and this person, <laughs> we're going to have it out one time. Yes. I mean, it's going to happen at least one time. And that was one of the things where you look at it from outsider that the Enneagram was spot yeah. on with. like, Which is another reason I thought you were an eight. Is because I knew at the time I thought he was a four. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that makes so much sense. They clash. Mm-hmm. Eights and fours can be like, this is to the extreme, but can be abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. So this, the fighting that happens between eights and fours can be the most extreme and violent. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm not that you all get violent. Uh-huh. 
I but could get there that. have been times yeah. when I've been like, she's gonna hit him, and you must you have to be an eight, and he has to be four. But come to find out, he was a one, mm-hmm. which acts as a four in stress. Yep, and you were a two, which acts as an eight in stress. Mm-hmm. And I why I don't I do clash with him. Let's just be wrong because I'm always an eight. But when I am stressed, I'm a five. So luckily mm-hmm. for me, I can look back and compartmentalize yeah. it all and be like, oh no, it's okay. You don't ever snap. And it's not I me snap. and Callie yep. killing him. It's just yes. Callie. So that was helpful because that's why I, like learning about the stress and security was how I saw different numbers because mm-hmm. you're not always healthy. Yeah. And especially in times of seasons that are really hard, you're going to fight. knowing that helped diffuse the situation. Yes. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, instead of getting angry now, I almost like want to laugh because yeah. I'm like, here it, here is. it is. Like, yeah. this is what we're going to do right now yep. and it's going to be okay. Like, yep. we're still going to be great friends after and mm-hmm. love serving together. But right now, we're going to go at it yeah. and I may or may not punch you. Right. I just, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll let and, that play out. And honestly, there's so many other like sides to numbers. Mm-hmm. Like there are stances, there are subtypes, mm-hmm. there's being healthy, unhealthy, there's being an immature eight. There's different like levels. There's even like, I'm a self-preservation mm-hmm. eight wing nine. That means something to like two people. But yeah. if you look, dig more into it, there are different ways that you express your number also based on childhood stuff. So mm-hmm. there's a lot really to dig into that. Yeah. I'm not even in yet. So why does all that matter? Like, why would you want to even look at the Enneagram? Why is this even such a big deal right now? Why are people so fascinated by it? I think the fascinating part and the part that we see on Instagram that can get frustrating is that it's just fun to learn about yourself because Mm -hmm. we're super proud and super Mm -hmm. self-centered that it's like, oh yeah, I'm that. Mm -hmm, Look at me. Mm -hmm. And that's fun. And I do it too. It's fine. But I think it needs to go deeper than that. So there is a level of self-awareness that comes with the Enneagram that I think we all really seek and want when we have time and space to do it. So Mm -hmm. I think self-awareness is the key part of why. I don't want you to take the quiz to know what number you are so we can post the bingos and the stuff. And all of that's fun. But I want you to do it so you can see who you are like as a person. Mm -hmm. And then from there, what can I do to relate to other people better? Mm -hmm. What can I do to relate to God better? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, why did he make me this way? Like, that's huge for me. Like, why did he pick this for me? Or, you know, what does it mean in my life on this journey that he has me on or my purpose? Mm -hmm. I mean, it helps you figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at, Mm -hmm. how you relate to other people. But I think the most important thing is the self-awareness side. Mm -hmm. And then where can I take that instead of just sitting on it? And being proud or, or not proud, but just, mm-hmm. oh, this is me. This is so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and even mine um, has played into the whole self-awareness. That's kind of where I'm at right now with it. And it's played into it in the sense of I say yes to a lot mm-hmm. of things. And I don't even mean that in a very cheesy way. I say yes because I get some sort of satisfaction yes. out of the yes. You needed and me to say yes. Yeah. While I love being able, I genuinely love being able to help, I also like, I can't not help because mm-hmm. what will they think? Mm-hmm. They will, you know, like they, they won't like me anymore. Then they won't ask you another exactly. time. Exactly. They're they not going to want me to help yeah. anymore. They're not going to need anything. Even this plays into even maternity leave for mm-hmm. me. Oh, do you remember the battle that was maternity Your poor leave? Your maternity Both leaves. Times. <laughs> yes. The first one, it was turned into a, if you even call her, she's yeah. going to come in here and try to do something. Yeah. So don't even reach out because she will show up. Which ruined you. Which absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maternity with, with Henley was mm. one of the hardest things I've been through because literally no one reached out to me. Yeah. No, I mean, in a kind way they did. Like, hey, you doing okay? Yeah. You doing well? But we weren't needing you at work. Exactly. Like, we actually did need her. 
we did not like being told we couldn't get job done. Yeah. But that communicates to you, well, I can leave work for however many weeks and mm-hmm. everything's still going and, on. And they don't need me and at no all. And no one need me. Yeah. And it was And we didn't of, have the Enneagram then. No, we did not. <laughs> but looking back on it, like yeah. it did ruin me for a little while. And I just thought I bring no value to anything anymore mm-hmm. across the board. But then with Hagen, it was the whole other – I mean, I was back at work three weeks mm-hmm. after having – I forced my way back yep. in because of this – Not going to do that to me again. Yes, of this, <laughs> like, let me help you. Let yep. me be here. Let me be mm-hmm. a part of this. And I do – parts of me regret that, that I forced my way back in so soon. But I'd, I can't imagine it any other way. I don't know mm-hmm. how to not do that. So even when I face the question that I get all the time, are you going to work? Yeah. Are you going to work while you uh, and be a mom? Yeah. Or are you going to stay at home? I, it's, I can't. Where are you needed? Exactly. Both. That's you know? where yeah. I want to be. And you and mm-hmm. I even talked about this before in the sense of um, you feel like twos are very common just mm-hmm. because of the culture we're in, especially in the South and yeah. Christian Bible Belt culture. Which is another reason why I didn't think you were a two. Yeah. I literally, when you took that test and you said two, and given I didn't know much about the Enneagram at the time, I was like, she is not a two. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's a two because she's a mom. Yeah. Because I think, and you, I don't know if it's just the Christian culture in the South that, and women who type two because your kids do need you. Yeah. And that is your role. Your mm-hmm. role is to be there for them to take care of their needs. And so I think a lot of girls who take it just automatically mistype as mm-hmm. a two because of that side of their life. And you can be that. You can be needed and, and supply needs for your kids mm-hmm. and be another number. I could be wrong on that. That's literally just me saying that thought. I don't have any basis for that. Yeah. But just from what I've seen, the people typing twos and the, and the amount we've seen on Instagram mm-hmm. – Maybe, yeah, and maybe, and but maybe you also want to be a two because a helper on the outside sounds nice, yeah. Um, and as Christians, we're supposed mm-hmm. to be servant leaders, mm-hmm. and so why would I not type as a two or a nine? Those are yeah. the most godly numbers, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's mistyped mm-hmm. um, in moms, especially, mm-hmm. and even finding ways. I've learned within the past probably six months that you can ask for help and that's mm. a, people can help you. Like you don't have to do all of it yourself. Even yeah. with launching this podcast, the amount of people mm-hmm. who came around to help with that, but even big projects at work, I now love being able to help other people. Again, I'm helping f- discover their <laughs> gifts and then partner in <laughs> yes. making things By happen. By giving this to yes. you, I'm helping you. <laughs> You're welcome. It all, I am Phoebe in this situation. <laughs> if you have not watched that episode, go find it. I don't remember what it's called. You'll find it. But last, let's just briefly Talk about the relationship part of the Enneagram because it can speak life into Mm. not just marriages. Yeah. um, It is huge for self-discovery in marriages, Mm -hmm. but even with your own friendships Mm -hmm. with that friend, with work, it's huge in work, in family. I mean, you're going to be able to discover why a lot of things happen. Just like that scenario with me being an eight and Mm -hmm. the other person being a four, like I can almost laugh about Mm -hmm. it now. I don't even get angry about it anymore because I understand it. What can this understanding do to relationships? I think the relationship piece is huge for Enneagram. And like Hannah, using it at work, mm-hmm. um, all all nine types should be represented in an ideal community. It's mm-hmm. just we need each other. But I think it can open a lot of doors for communication in relationships. And marriages specifically, if you've taken the Enneagram and your spouse hasn't, it may not be time for them to, but if you can get them on board with that, I think it'll help. And even if you're not in a hard place, 
you can learn what someone's motivations are and mm-hmm. what someone, where they're coming from, what their childhood wound is. I mean, that's huge mm-hmm. and stuff maybe you don't know already. Um, and for me with my mom, uh, I did not introduce the Enneagram to her. I try to make it a point not to give it to someone anymore because mm-hmm. that's just not always their time, but she found it some other way. And we talked about it on her birthday last year and she's over there crying. She's figuring out she's a one. Yeah. I hadn't, would not have picked a one for her. Yeah. And I don't know that why I wouldn't, but just hearing her, how she came to find that she's a one and what she thought her mom was and how that led to her being developed mm-hmm. into a one just really opened doors for us to talk about that and for me to get her the perfect present for her to cry over at Christmas this year <laughs> because she is a one. What so, was it? And it was, so Sleeping at Last, which I totally forgot about this, Sleeping at Last is a band and he does songs for each type. Oh, okay. And let me tell you, I'm eight is coming out soon and I hope I love it. I'll probably hate it because I'm an eight. But um, he did one first. And so as soon as she told me she was a one, I sent her this song and we're listening to it in the car after after her birthday and she's just crying. Um, there's a song or a line in the song that says, grace requires nothing of me. And it speaks to the one in that they think they're earning and earning mm-hmm. and earning and trying to be perfect. And so for Christmas, I got her an Etsy printout um, that says grace requires nothing of me. Mm-hmm. And she opened it and just cried. It was perfect. Our goal at Christmas is to make my mother cry. Sob. Like whoever went, like that's how you know. Oh, I won Christmas. Christmas this year. <laughs> and I got her the sacred Enneagram because the copy I had already loaned out and yep. she wanted it. But mm-hmm. it just opened doors for us, for me to learn, you know, where she came from and and she even said some things to me about maybe why I'm an eight that I hadn't thought about at the table at her dinner. And, yeah. You know, just things like that that are cool. But I think specifically, if you know your number and you're kind of working on your self-awareness, your next step outside of you and God is to take that to your spouse, your coworkers. How can you – I honestly think someone told me this. You should put your number outside of your office. Yeah. In an office community that has done the Enneagram, mm-hmm. um, just so you know what you're getting into. But that mm-hmm. sort of thing is super helpful. What's been the best thing you've learned? If you could think of a sentence or two that has helped you figure out what you need to do differently or be better about, Mm. what would that be? I think the biggest thing for me as an eight is that vulnerability is strength Mm -hmm. and that I don't have to build up walls Mm -hmm. for to the people in my life, that letting people in is the only way for me to have real honest relationships. Mm -hmm. In prepping for this, uh, I was listening to a podcast and it was a two. He was interviewing a two. Great thing about the typology podcast is he puts what yes. number it's going to focus on. I love that. And so I listened to one about twos. It was a panel actually. And one of the guys said, my dad told me this when I was young. He said, I think I was 12. And he said, um, you need friends who don't need you. Like mm. you're surrounding yourself with people that you know need you. And it's exhausting. Yeah. Like you don't realize that it's exhausting you, but it is. And I have started looking for those relationships of people who genuinely are just my friends because they're my friends. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not looking for anything. They're not asking anything of me. They don't need anything from me because my gut is to go to the people who do. Mm-hmm. And I want so badly for them to feel a part of something or to feel valued that I've stopped looking for people who are actually speaking freely yeah. into my life. So that's Good. been a huge thing for me just within the past few weeks that I've, I've learned, but Let's do our usual wrap up, Mm. which is what are you so happy someone told you about? What is something that you are just super into right now that you love? Mm, That's so hard. It's curveball. You didn't remember that. I know. Well, I forgot what I said last time. Oh, I I think you said (laughs) the shaving subscription. Oh, yes. Which is going great. And you still love it. Still love that. Um, And also newsflash on the gift guide that one of the biggest things to give was subscription boxes. Really? Yes. That is so smart. One of the most popular things. 
Okay, I have a thing. I'm ready. I got this as a gift for someone else. This isn't eight related, but I love to give gifts to people that like just really speak to who they are. And I got this gift for a coworker. It's like a mini French press from Target. Like mm-hmm. does one cup. Because you – what one person's going to yes. drink eight cups of coffee? Mm-hmm. But I got this for a coworker and I was like, oh, I'm going to get that for myself someday and walked out of that. And then at Christmas, my brother got it for me. And I almost could – I could have cried because I didn't ask for it. Yeah. And my brother and I don't give gifts like that. Yeah. I mean, we're like, here's some socks. And he got me this little mini French press. It's from Target. It's super cute, tiny, one cup. I've already used it. I'm obsessed. You love it so much. I love it. So that's for the coffee lovers out there. In the free time that we've had since breaking um, and taking some time off in the holidays, I watched something on Netflix. It was called Safe. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. I mean, we watched it. I say we, like Ryan couldn't commit like I could. And so I would watch it like in the shower or I would say, watch a, it. A series? While I, it's a series. Oh. It's like one season. But I would watch it while I was running on the treadmill. Mm. I mean, it was what I, it was my go-to and I finished it pretty quickly. But it's, if you like thriller kind of yeah. stuff. I want to change my thing now. It is. It's great. Did you watch Bird Box? I watched Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to say it. But y'all, Bird Box. Is it that good? Here's the reason I watched it. Because of the memes. I'm super big into memes, meme culture, send me all the memes, people. I love them. They're hilarious. So I saw all these blindfolded Sandra Bullock memes, and I was like, what the heck? It's a Netflix original. It's a thriller. It's apocalyptic. And it's Sandra Bullock. Why are they wandering around in the the forest? Well, spoiler, kind of not really spoiler alert, but if you look at it, the thing, whatever we're fearful of, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but if you look at it with your eyes, you die. And I won't tell you how you die. There's, It's very specific, but- you can't look at it. And so this that's the blindfolded thing. And it, these memes are killing me. And so I had to watch it because I wanted to be in on the meme conversation. But Bird Box, it's good. Netflix, honestly, is killing it they with their original really stuff. They are really stepping I mean, up. have you seen Sabrina? I couldn't. I couldn't oh, handle it. It's so dark. It. I was watching Dumpling, though. I watched Dumpling? Were, I was going to say, which you would hate I know, so hard. But I watched it because... But- Dolly Parton talked about it on Jimmy I Fallon. Dolly Parton so much. And I don't and really care about her, but she was I like, well, I did this show. And I was like, well, it's on Netflix. Let's watch it. And I it was watched good. it. I thought it was great. It was but cute. Only because, and it's what birthed the idea to have one on self-image mm. um, later this month or in February. All right, Kaylee, you're the best. We appreciate you. We're going to do a lot of show notes because you have so much extra information so that much. people so if you really are at a point where you're ready to learn more we will have lots of places for you to find more information Thank you.